This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am delighted to share a really fun, powerful, and eye-opening conversation with you. So a few months back, I was part of a summit hosted by another fellow marriage coach, uh, Siobhan Davis. How cool is it that we share the same first name? And it was for millennials. It was the Millennial Marriage Toolkit Summit. And I, along with a whole bunch of other marriage experts, shared interviews and conversations on the topic of marriage. And I have to tell you, it was literally the most fun, the most dramatic, and I really believe the most deeply soul-stirring interview I had ever done. Siobhan is a fellow believer, and so we talked about God, we talked about the Word, we talked about marriage and all of the things. And I personally believe she has a career ahead of her in entertainment and television or radio because she brings the fire and hilarity. I think we all have that one friend that's just like always way too much, so dramatic. And I love that. And I am forever connected with her from this very intimate, personal, and powerful hour that we spent together. Well, it wasn't even an hour. It felt like it should have been like 15 hours because she just brings so much energy to the way she asks questions and the comments and the pauses and just all the things. So I know you are going to absolutely love this conversation that we had. And I just really look forward to hearing how it touches you, how it moves you, how it inspires you, especially this time of the year where we are sitting in miracles. I personally am always thinking about just the grace of God and his love and the healing that is available to us through Jesus. So If you are a believer, if you are someone who wants to do the soul-stirring work of working on yourself and improving your marriage, this interview will pierce you at your core and in your soul, and I know that God has a message for you. So enjoy this conversation. Guys, we are back. I'm excited just for what God is doing in marriages right now, especially in this day and age where we are up against culture, telling us to do marriage every other way outside of what God has said about marriage, outside of the principles of Jesus Christ. So I'm excited. I don't even know how to get into this introduction 
Um, but we have with us today a beautiful young lady, a wife, mother. She a whole doctor, y'all. It, it, it's, the, it's the doctors for me. That's a different kind of endurance. I'm not there yet. And a marriage coach that's really going to sit with us in this thing to help us understand some things about communication, some things that are literally transform your life if, if you allow it to. I'm even more excited because we share the same name, Dr. Siobhan. It's such an honor to have you here with us today. She coming to get us right. She 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 coming to get us right, y'all. So I hope that you guys are ready. Just introduce yourself to the people. Tell us who you are and why you are passionate about this work. First, I just have to say, Siobhan, like my namesake, like you are represented and you have set the atmosphere. I just have to say that you have really set the atmosphere. It is so clear that your heart is turned towards God and doing his work. And I just have to say that before I say anything about myself, I am honored to be here. It's no accident. It's no coincidence. This is an appointed time and we have important work to do. So yes, we're going to get set right because marriage is too important. It is too important to you as individuals. It is too important to the kingdom of God. It is too important to the legacy of your family. So I am Dr. Siobhan Parat. I am a life and marriage coach, and I work with couples to help them love each other well, right? Like we are already commanded to love as God has loved us. And that is what I help couples do. And there's lots of things standing in the way that prevent us from loving each other well, but I'm honored to be able to apply both sort of life coaching tools along with Christian faith principles. So much of when I studied life coaching, I was like, wait, the Bible has already told us about this. God has already set the stage for what this is like. And what I love about being a coach is that I get to give you the practical tools that you're not questioning if you're interpreting it right, but that you're like, no, this is what this means. And this is exactly what it looks like in my life. So I am just really delighted to be here to share with you all during this class today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if y'all caught it, but she already started. We didn't even get into the first question, but to love well, love well, don't just love me. I need you to love me well. And I shouldn't just love you. I need to love you well. I just, I love that you said that what you provide is practical because we go into it with the mindset that is so hard and it's so deep and Christ got the crack, the whole sky before I can get an answer, but it's in the practical day to day thing. So, so you about to, you about to lead the people on out of Egypt. Um, I, I just hope they ready. I hope they ready for the exit, for the exodus. Cause this, this I, I can already feel where it's going. And you mentioned some of the barriers because they are very real. They are very real. You know, you hear people say, just pray about it. Oh, God going to fix it. God going to do it. But there's some things that we have to do. Yeah. In what God is going to do. There's some things that he instructs us. So when you speaking about the barriers, one of the greatest barriers I know, not just in marriage, but in, in relationships overall is communication. So what would you say is the mindset or if you can give us the mindset of great communication and two things that kill communication, just so yeah. that we can, you know, be able to. Yeah. Listen, I'm like, I'm coming in hot. I'm ready. So you might have to read, <laughs> tell me these questions. Cause as soon as you say one thing, my brain is like rapid fire, ready to go. So 
Mindset of great communication. I think what is necessary is that you first have to understand where your communication is coming from, right? Mm -hmm. So out of the heart flows what you're saying. What you are saying to anybody in your life, even the conversation you're having in your own head is a function of what's in your heart. Your heart is the feeling center of your body. It's what you feel. It is your emotions. And your emotions are influenced by what you are thinking. Mm. Man thinketh, or as a woman thinketh, so is she. So your thoughts are the key to communication. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about your spouse? What are you thinking about your communication together as a couple? That is all going to influence the words you say, the tone you have, and the intent behind what you are articulating to each other. So when it comes to the mindset of great communication, I think with couples, the most important thing that you have to keep in mind that you have to be thinking is that we both want the same thing, plain and simple. You guys were united to be one, to be on one accord. That looks like a lot of different things. It doesn't mean that your spouse is going to say it and do it exactly the way that you want to, but you guys have the same goal. You are trying to get to the same place. You want the same relationship with each other. Otherwise, you wouldn't be married. And so Mm -hmm. when you just recognize that, hey, we're here because we want to be here, And because we want to be happy together and because we want to communicate well, when you can just set that as the foundation and anchor yourself in that being the thought you have, listen, we both want the same thing. We may approach it differently. That doesn't have to be a problem. And you can really see that like we're headed in the same direction Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because as human beings and as a couple, that's inherent. You want to be happy. You want to be fulfilled. You want to have peace in your home. You want to move your life forward with whatever goals you have set out. And so you have to know and believe that you both want the same thing. When you have that, then you feel grounded, right? Mm -hmm. When you're grounded, your communication can then be intentional and strategic and not reactive and flying off the handle. So that's what I have to say about that. And in scene, we're done. <laughs> just say la, say la on that. I mean, just take a deep breath, y'all, because that is, I think, one of the components that's missing because we get in our own heads, we get in our own wills that we forget we're on the same team sometimes. Yeah, it's the missing piece for sure. And what would you say are some killers of great communication? Yeah. So some killers of great communication is when you don't value your spouse's experience and perspective as much as your own, right? As human beings. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) I don't like to cut people off when they speak, but I just need you to pull that back. Just, I just need you to repeat that because I want somebody to get it in their, in their head. I just need you to slow walk us right here, please. Slow walk you. Okay. So problem, right? The barriers, the communication killers is when you're focused on you. And what that looks like is that you don't value your spouse's experience Mm. and their perspective as much as your own. And again, this is all about 
leveling the playing field. And what I love so much about being able to speak to a faith community is we have to recognize that God loves us both equally. Say that. And whatever your spouse is feeling, experiencing, whatever perspective they have is valid. You don't have to agree with it all the time. You don't have to like it, but it is just as important as yours. And so whenever you're feeling like the way I'm feeling or the way I see things or the way that I want things to happen is more important than what they want, you're going to have some tension, you're going to have some distance, and you're going to have a communication breakdown. So that's the first thing. I'm going to pause for the slow walk before I say number two. My God. Yeah, we just need to just soak that in for a second, because what I hear you saying is something that I struggled with for so long. I didn't even know if marriage was going to be in the works because I just felt my way, my thinking, how I want to do it, how I feel was just always superior to his. Yeah. And invalidated, not just invalidated, but completely excluded the experiences that were very real to him. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I have to say, you know, the dynamic that I see the most when I'm working with my couples is you have a very strong willed woman, right? Not to stereotype. This is just the couples that are drawn to me. I'm a strong-willed woman. I also married a strong-willed man. So that is fascinating. But it is that thing because men communicate differently. So as women, when we're upset with something, you're going to know it. We're Mm -hmm. going to articulate that. And his way is a lot of times much more subtle. Again, this is not the dynamic in every single relationship, but what I see most often. And so whenever we as the women who is very vocal are articulating our perspective and we're sort of like overriding and overshadowing his, he's not going to come toe to toe with us all the time until he's sort of reached the breaking point. So it's really important to just always be asking on both sides, like, where am I not valuing how they see it? Where am I not valuing their experience? And that will just help you listen and hear and understand and not push your agenda forward in some of these, you know, difficult conversations that you have. So that's number one. I don't know if you're ready for number two, because I don't even know, but we we need to get it. Because when I'm hearing you talking about override and overshadow, I literally heard that we have to learn to stand under, understand the thing. Just not just just go to number two because I'm taking notes too, guys. I'm really yes, 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 yes. Okay, so number two, we're gonna go deep here. Okay, so communication breakdowns and barriers, right, are happening because we're having an emotional response. Mm. That's what's driving it. It's not that they're saying the wrong words or that we're not understanding each other. We're having an emotional response, and emotional responses are triggers, right? Mm -hmm. A situation happens, your spouse says something, you have an emotional response, an emotional reaction. That's what it looks like to be triggered. Things that get under your skin, things that on the right day at the right time can really sort of send you over the edge. And so communication breakdowns happen because we don't understand our triggers. 
the way that most people respond to triggers, something that's setting them off, something that they're upset about is to look at what the other person is doing and blame them. (laughs) He did this. She said that. Now I'm upset. That's the equation that's always operating in our mind. But triggers are a call. I feel like it's literally like the Holy Spirit coming to you and say, look inside your heart. Yes. Not out at what they're doing. What's going on inside of you that's creating this response? And any time we're having an intense emotional reaction to something, it is historical, Mm. right? There was a therapist I heard talk about this. He's like, if you're hysterical about it, it's historical. And what that means is that we all have previous experiences in life, whether it be childhood things that happen or even things that have happened in adulthood that leave an imprint in our emotions. It's something that happened that is upsetting. And so anything that resembles that, anything that touches upon that wound that maybe wasn't fully healed is going to trigger you. And so I talk about this concept called the trigger triad. I don't want to get too academic on you, but (laughs) the trigger triad is you have to think about whenever you are triggered, there are three things going on. There's what happened, of course, which is where people assign 90% of the problem, but it's never 90%. It's only maybe 10% at best. And the other two components are what you are making that mean, like the story you're telling yourself, the thoughts you have about it, and then what has happened in the past that that is bringing up. So what I want you all to think about are, you know, just identify one or two things that really sort of agitate you or frustrate you or or that are difficult for you to work through in your marriage. And I want you to think about where did you first start feeling that way? Mm. Where did that really come from? And when you have the answer, one of my coaches you know, has this term called the heavy bag. And ladies, we know about that bag, right? That you put your whole life in. (laughs) And we are all carrying a heavy bag, right? Erica Badu bag lady, where we have that thing that shapes and weighs us down and is influencing how we experience life and how we experience circumstances in our marriage. And so when you can look at your triggers as the signal to look inside yourself, what's going on with me? What is in my bag right now that's really agitating the situation? Not what my spouse is doing, but what's going on with me? Then that's when you invite God in. That's when you invite God in to heal that part. Like, oh, here I go. This is just the Holy Spirit showing me a part of my heart that's unhealed from something that nine times out of 10 happened in the past. Yes. And that's grace. Yes. That is grace to be able to have somebody walk so close with you that can say, just, just give it to me. Just let me expose it so that we don't keep running into this. And I think that's what makes being a married believer of Christ. I don't even want to say a little drastically different 
than how the world handles triggers, how the world handles emotions. Yes, we have emotional intelligence. And by the way, I will preface it by saying the things that we learn in school through coaching, through becoming a, a um, marriage and family therapist, through becoming a doctor in psychology, it's all based on biblical principles somewhere. Somewhere. It's talking yeah. about startups of conversation. That's a soft answer turning away right. It talks about think your thinking patterns. That's be transformed. I think when we are married in Christ, I would say, it gives us a bit of an advantage. Yes. To say, all right, God, check me. But here's the caveat to that. When the Holy Spirit checks us, we got to be open to the correction. Yeah. Yeah. God literally showed me that day because I'm like, I, I was writing in my journal and I was like, well, what does provision mean to me? And God, what are you saying about provision? And one of the things that came up was I provide by correcting you. Mm. Mm. But when you're saying that those triggers, oh my God, Dr. Siobhan, when you're saying that those triggers are pretty much illuminating the grace of God, because that's what it is. Yeah. If we could think about marriage in that space of God just really holding your hand and say, come here, baby, I just need you to get through this. I just need this to heal so that you can live in the fullness. That's the real abundant life. That's the real bag. Yes. Then we can walk this thing out. But I want to ask you, so what happens? Because I do know, and we know that it's very real when these emotions come up, they're uncomfortable. How do we move from feeling the discomfort of negative emotions to be able to get to a space that's like, you know what? I just got to rock this thing out. I can't be in my bag right now. How do we get to that space of thinking so that we can really level up? Yeah, I think it's not being afraid of any emotion, right? Mm. So arguments and issues in your communication happen because you're trying to feel a certain way. You're upset with your husband because you feel neglected. And so out of that, you're going to say something not so nice right? You're upset with your wife because she's complaining too much and you're feeling inadequate. Because of that, you're going to say something rude and be dismissive, right? And so again, it just goes back to knowing what your communication is about. It's about your how you are feeling and how you are thinking. And so when you can notice, oh, I'm feeling inadequate. I'm feeling a little bit neglected. One, take that to God, of course, but also when you just know that it is part of being a human being, that in marriage, you are not going to always feel amazing. We are flawed human beings who are going to say things that offend each other. We're going to hurt each other's feelings, not intentionally, maybe sometimes intentionally when you're not operating at your best self. But when you can just know like, oh, this is about me feeling a certain way. Hmm. And when you're not afraid to feel that way, when you're not trying to escape your feelings, you're not going to need to have that quick knee-jerk reaction. So really to break that down and make it very, very like crystal clear, right? It is being able to name what's happening for you. Yeah. I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling rejected right now. And to just be with your body, Mm -hmm. knowing that, like, oh, this is what's going on. This is literally just a chemical reaction in my body. When 
feeling rejecting rejected isn't something that you are running away from, then you can just be with it and calm yourself down. Yes. Not yeah, an emergency. Yeah. It's not something that I have to go yell at my spouse about. Mm. Right. It's like, oh, this is what's happening. Okay. I can handle this feeling. Right. And especially with rejection, that's something that happens for me a lot. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling rejected, but then I go to God's word and know that I'm never rejected. I am always accepted. And so if I'm feeling rejected, I'm having a thought error. Mm. It's It's just a malfunction. Because as a child of God, I'm never rejected. As a child of God, I'm never inadequate, right? And so when you know that that's the feeling and you go to God's word to affirm you, then whatever your spouse is doing, whatever your spouse is saying is of no consequence because the only problem is the thought error. You're thinking wrongly and interpreting wrongly. You're making it mean something about you. That's not true because you are a child of God. Mm. My Lord, did y'all just notice how she took the whole doctor, combined it with the entire word, truth of God. And I'm just highlighting that, Dr. Siobhan, because like I said, when we started, it can seem so hard. Living God's word can seem so hard and so heavy because of the way we're interpreting it. If I'm a Christian, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I think we don't stop to look at the benefits of all that we can do. Yeah. Walking this thing out. And I'm literally hearing you take everything that you said and learn for all of ours. God bless you and all your studies and dissertations to make it happen and say it's backed by the word of God. This is the tool. This is the implementation of God's word really coming to life. So I don't have to react to my husband when this is happening. Yeah. Or I don't have to respond to my wife based on a lie, because that's what it is. Yes. We're just going to call the enemy who he is, a whole liar. A whole liar. Yeah. So I'm I'm just feeling while you're speaking, hope literally being restored in the mind of the wife and husband that say, well, I can't always do it God's way or God's word ain't always going to work. It's not always going to be that easy because you just said something so practical as taking a thought. And just saying, all right, let's let's rewire this. Let's let's see what's real. Let's see what yeah. the reality is. Yeah. My spouse's actions might be saying the thing that's calling me forward to the belief of God. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you, yeah. You, pastor, you were preaching like who? Because somebody sent you today. The whole Holy Ghost sent you today. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm this I'm just happy so to be here to share it. Yeah, and I think. You know, to really also break it down because the thought work in your thought life is so important. There are ways to actually understand what's going on in your brain. Because sometimes people are like, okay, it's my thoughts. I get that. But like, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I'm not, I'm on, you know, one to a hundred and I can't catch the thought. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I would say is, you know, the first step in really understanding what is going on in your brain, what is the thought that's creating some of these issues is to just literally ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Mm, What am I thinking right now? That's how you catch the thought. And sometimes you'll be able to catch it in the moment. But I say, especially when people are first learning this, 
the hindsight learning is so valuable. So I want, you know, for those of you listening to take the last communication breakdown or argument or thing that just didn't go so well. And I want you to think back to what were you thinking? What was the story you were telling yourself about your spouse, about the situation, about yourself? And writing it down is so important because there is something so profound about seeing what's in your head out on paper. So you just write it down. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking, blah, 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 right? I was thinking he doesn't care. That's like one of the most common thoughts <laughs> that my clients have, right? My, my, my wives, he doesn't care. And you have to look at that thought and you have to ask yourself, like, is that even really true? Because our brains are wired to be extremely dramatic. We speak in absolute terms. He doesn't care as if it's an absolute statement, as if he doesn't care at all ever in life. And when you can recognize whenever we're using like, you always do this or you never do this, we're not telling the truth because that's never true. It's never the case that someone is always doing something or never doing something. So the statement, he doesn't care. You just ask yourself, like, is that really true? Maybe in this 10 minute exchange, it felt like he didn't really care. Yeah. But that is a thought is just not true. And so then you begin to look at alternative perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, does he care sometimes? Yes, he does care sometimes. And then you build evidence for that. You come Mm -hmm. with concrete examples of when he did care. I like to start with five. Sometimes when I'm working with my clients, I'm like, we're going to come up with 20. I put them through a workout, like in the gym, like we are doing mental exercises to rewire your thinking patterns because when you are thinking destructive, distancing thoughts, that is what you're going to create in your life. And so you have to get this thought work together. So write the thought, question it. Is it really true? And then come up with evidence of it not being true, of times when there was the exception, of times when your spouse did show up the way that you wanted them to. Mm. Lord, seek and ye shall find. Yes. Hearing you say that whatever yeah. we look for, you will find whatever that. we on this scavenger hunt about, that's the thing we're gonna find. That's the thing that we're gonna justify. That's the thing that we're gonna make true, whether it's negative yes. or positive. And I just have to say about that too, because people like I just want to be real here, right? Like people are so justified in their thinking. You're like, I think this way because it's true, and they have a list of a hundred examples of evidence. And I just want you to ask yourself the question, why is that what you're looking for? Mm -hmm. Mm. Even if it is true, even if all those examples are legitimately factually accurate, why is that where you are spending your time? Mm. Spending your life. The whole story, right? It's not the whole story. So if you're married to this person, why on earth would you want to collect more evidence of how they don't care, how they're too critical, how they're complaining all the time? Why? Why would you ever spend one minute of your day doing that? Yes. Mm. And for the person that's like, well, we speak and I can't find one good thing. And I'm when I say this to y'all, I'm saying what I what I know, like what I've experienced, because we would have a conversation. I'd be like, well, nothing good even came out of it. I can't even find nothing good. And all these people like, how about you just acknowledge the fact that he 
decided because it was a decision to sit and speak with you. Why, 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 why you gotta be about everything else? And we yeah. make these things so weighted. Yes. And give them so much meaning when it was just a moment, not the entire marriage. 110%. And we're yeah. predicating our marriages on a single moment. Mm-hmm. And we're running with that moment and we're ruminating yes. and we're magnifying it and we're letting it overshadow all the good that is there. Yes. So you always want to, when you're in this place of really having jaded thinking or imbalanced thinking where all you can see is the negative. And if I were to ask you to come up with 10 amazing things about your spouse and your relationship, and you would feel like that is hard, that is just a telltale sign that you are thinking only about the negative. And so you want to begin to balance that out. That may start with just identifying one or two very simple things that you often overlook. I love that you gave the example of like the fact that he actually sat down to hear what you had to say, Mm -hmm. that's a win that goes in that positive bucket, right? It's like, you can think about your marriage as a bank account. Are you making withdrawals by only looking at the negative or are you making deposits by focusing on what is actually going well, how your spouse is the person that you want to be with? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Gottman Institute calls that contempt. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Listen, I can do a whole lecture on how we get to content. I'm just to break it down for people because, you know, I love the Gottman Institute, but for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you don't need to be because guess what? We're going to do the cliff notes right now. Yes. And contempt comes the way that I like to explain it. It goes from like when something is happening in your marriage and you don't like something that your spouse said or did like slightly being upset about that is really just a function of their behavior. You're just looking at their behavior. Like, I don't like that. He said that, right. Contempt is when you make it an indictment of their character. He is a person that is selfish, right? It goes from, he came home late from work (laughs) and didn't help you with the kids to he's so selfish It's an indictment of his character. And that is never the place where you want to be. You want to always just be looking at the facts as objectively as possible because our brains will layer on so much story and so much destructive thinking that creates distance and disconnection in your marriage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just love that you said it because I was going to say Gottman calls it contempt. The Holy Spirit calls it crucifixion. Those things, those thoughts that we have to crucify daily every time we wake up, we got to fight it. We got to let it die without picking apart yeah. the person that that we say we love. Yes. Yes. I, I, I need you to get into this this thing right here because you said something that we were supposed to discuss and we, we, we got a few more minutes. So we're going to get into this part of it. Okay, good. Most couples argue about surface level issues instead of the deep roots. And my question for you is, is that a sense of safety and or whatever it is? How do we get away from the surface level? Well, you ain't picked the kids up or you didn't clean the tub or you left pee around the toilet or you left toothpaste in the sink. How do we get from that thing to really go deep, like from an intimate space of deepness? Yes. Yes. So part of this is being able to give yourself some space and time to reflect. Again, part of these communication breakdowns are happening because we're reacting in the moment. 
that pee on the toilet seat is going to be something you're going to talk about right away. Right. So whenever you're noticing you have this desire to have this knee-jerk reaction, this knee-jerk conversation, it is for sure the telltale sign that that is not what's happening. Mm. Not about that. Mm -mm. It's not about that. It's not about the pee on the toilet? It's not about the pee on the toilet. Never about the pee on the toilet. Right? Okay. Back to the trigger triad. Maybe 10%. I'll give you 10%. Okay? It is about you thinking that they're inconsiderate right? Mm. And your belief that they're inconsiderate is really based on all the times in your life when you have felt inconsidered. Oh, Dr. Siobhan. That's it. That's it, right? So the way you get from that surface level argument to the deep root of what is going on is literally asking yourself this question and sitting with it for a while. What is really going on for me here? How am I really feeling? What is this bringing up for me? Sitting with it. Mm. That requires that you pause though. And that's why when you increase your emotional bandwidth, right? What I was talking about before, where you can allow yourself to feel incredibly angry or agitated and not react out of it, right? The Bible talks about like, be angry and sin not. Like it's okay. Yeah. We're human. Of course, we're going to have those emotions. You don't act out of those emotions. And yeah. so when you can just notice, like, oh, I'm angry. This feels horrible and it sucks in this moment, but I'm not going to do anything destructive in my communication or in my connection with my spouse. I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to sit with this and understand myself because the time that I invest in sitting with this and understanding myself now is going to save me this argument later. Mm. So you just talk about a whole investment and ROI. Totally. Totally. Dr. Siobhan, I wish we just had the whole day to just be. Because that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing you call forth husbands and wives to be. Yeah. be in it. To be. It's not always about the doing, but to be. To feel. To explore the things. And I think when it comes to millennials, and I really would love for you to speak to this piece before we close. I feel like millennials, we are now learning that we do not need permission to feel. Mm. There's a lot of, you know, just memories because this thing is real. And I really want us to connect with the hearts of the people that grew up in the homes where they just saw off the wall communication, where shut down was the way communication happened. And we hold on to these things and, and, and us just even being told children ought to be seen, not heard. Or yes. not space to come to our mother and say, hey, ma, dad, I feel like this without them saying you're being disrespectful. I grew up in a Guyanese, Bayesian household. Everything was disrespectful. If you looked at them too long, it was disrespectful. And I'm yes. serious. Like, you looking at me? You trying to challenge me? So we come from an upbringing of just not knowing how to navigate these feelings, let alone call them by the name. Yes. So how do we now? Because it's plaguing the way we grew up. It's plaguing marriages. Yes. Yes. So how do we even get to the space of being comfortable to sit with a therapist, to say things that we never said before? You got raped? Don't tell nobody outside this house. We don't have food? Don't tell nobody outside this house. I beat you when you're going to school the next day? Don't tell anybody outside this house. So now therapists are the people outside of the house. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get to the space where the healing just... just Yes. 
So it starts on the inside, really, right? Like you're never going to be able to say something to someone else until you first admitted it to yourself, right? So there's multiple parts of ourselves, right? There's spirit within us. There's our personality and our will and our intellect. And so I want you all who are really struggling with this to imagine inside of you is an advocate, and mm-hmm. is a best friend inside of you. That is the Holy Spirit inside of you, which yes. is you. It is a part of you. That voice, that loving, kind, accepting, compassionate voice is you. And when you can cultivate a relationship with that person, you develop an internal sense of safety. Yes. It's safe for me to be myself. It's safe for me to support myself and have my own back. You have to build that relationship with yourself first, combined with taking it to God. Maybe God is the person that you actually begin to articulate it with. He already knows, of course, he was there with you. But being able to just articulate that in your prayer time with him of this is how I'm feeling, Lord. This is what's going on. This is what made me mad. This is what happened. Then you just give your brain the wiring to be in communication about those things. Mm -hmm. And then being able to take it to someone else, a professional, whether a therapist, a coach, counselor, whatever the case may be, then it will be a lot easier because you grounded yourself in your own safety. Like I'm safe with myself. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that so many of us are lacking. We don't feel safe with ourselves. And so how can we ever bring our stuff to someone else when it's not comfortable for us to be dealing with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This interview right here is the exceedingly and abundantly of all mm. that I can ask mm. to have came forth in this conversation. The healing that's presented mm. here today has exceeded what I thought the interview would be. Like, I knew you was bad. I, I knew you was bad. I knew you was bad from the, from the moment I started for herself. She bad. But I ain't know she was that bad, like Holy Ghost feel about to get this work. And I'm just grateful that God would even be so strategic to create this type of opportunity for a space for shifting to take place. And I'm just, I'm going to ask you to just pray us out. I don't even know if we can hold anymore for the day. We just need to sit in this right here. So just please seal this feeling (laughs) with a prayer. And we're going to get out of here because the people need to play this one back. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I like to put my hand on my heart when I pray because I want to feel the Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome yes. in this place. Lord, we invite you in to our hearts. Lord, your people are hurting. They're hurting in ways that they know. They're hurting in ways that they are not even aware of, Lord. And so we just invite you in right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that your spirit would touch our hearts so then our ears might be open, our eyes might be open to really receive at the deepest level this information that you have just delivered. Lord, I thank you for using me as a vessel to share this message Lord, I pray that everybody that is experiencing this conversation, that is experiencing this summit, Lord, that they would not leave the same, that every session, that every minute 
something is shifting inside of them. Lord, we thank you for the marriages that are already saved. We thank you for the marriages that are already healed. We thank you for all that you are doing even before we turned on this session. Lord, it is your appointment with us and we are here, Mm -hmm. Lord. We thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you so much, Lord, for using your people and the ways that you do to get to us, Lord. You will leave the 99 to find the one and we are that one, Lord. Yes. And we thank you. We thank you for speaking directly to us. We thank you for speaking directly to what we are experiencing, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would just surround us. We pray a hedge of protection around our minds and our hearts for everything that you have poured in, Lord. May nothing leak out. May it only expand and magnify and grow to your glory. May we do exactly what it is that we have heard from you to do from this moment on, from the information that we got in this session. We count it all done, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for tuning in again today. Keep on giving God your yes. Keep on showing up the way he's calling you to show up in your marriage so that these marriages can get restored to their original intent. Dr. Siobhan, bless you. Thank you. May you see increase in prosperity 10, 20, 100 fold. And um, that every marriage that God puts in your hands, Mm. that you will be able to be the vessel, the vehicle for change for their situations. I'm just, I I, I got a piece today that's just like, God, you're going to do it. Mm. But for the person that's watching the answer, you probably been asking God some questions. Consider this as the answer of the thing, the clarity that you have been praying for. See you guys later. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.